0: everyone welcome to the Coffee Theology and Jesus Podcast. I am your host, Tim Whitaker, joined here by Rob McMichael.
1: And Riley Steele.
0: Riley Steele, a newcomer kind of to the show. I,
1: did, I didn't know what to do.
0: <laughs> look at your look at your microphone compared to your face right I'm now. I'm sorry. There we go. Because um, I know you're new to this podcasting thing, but remember Mike, close to the mouth. Okay. All right. <laughs> Riley, welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah,
2: I, I just thought of something. She is the first s- solo solo woman on the show.
0: Yeah, I know she is.
1: That's not.
2: That's engaged not engaged or
1: married or tied into you men in any way.
0: Right. That's true. You are the first solo female co 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 host on the podcast. We've had right, Rob. We've had several other people you know kind of co-host with you me and jordan but we this is the first female one that we have correct that didn't come with their significant other or is not related to someone from this podcast because we had michelle on which was jordan's sister yeah mm-hmm. but she came with her husband right right like, yeah She's I'm, I'm not saying, tied
1: into the podcast right in i'm any saying way. either
0: way right. like we this is you're the first standalone essentially
1: yeah. how do you no. feel
0: you're you're a pioneer
1: i'm a pioneer. yeah awesome that's great
0: <laughs> she is she's a pioneer Am I wrong, Rob? No. No, okay. you're right. Yes, yeah, This girl's a trailblazer. Just blazing through podcast trails. So I'm oh, just going to start my Mowing own podcast. Down.
1: Who needs you guys? I can just do my own thing. There
0: we go. It already starts. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, good to have you on, Riley. I'm excited for this episode. It should be full of controversy, some yelling and screaming. I don't want to build it up too much, but that's the idea behind this episode for sure.
1: I'm all for yelling. Great. So. Well, I'm glad to
2: hear it. <laughs> Rob, are you for yelling? Uh, I'm going to try to keep them yelling to a minimum uh, rob do you yell like are you have you ever yelled that i got an anger before in your entire life maybe once
0: but, but hold on let's time out what's your version of yelling because i'm discovering this like with sarah she'll say you're yelling at me i'm like no i'm not yelling at you i'm just, you're talking, just talking like this in your
1: normal voice right. right
0: no i'm like this is yelling you want me to yell but that's not <laughs> that's you know that's all different version so what is your version
2: of yelling rob i think it'd be pretty similar like an actual angry vo- tone of voice, yelling. Okay, so just I just never angry. do that. Yeah.
1: Are you Italian?
2: No. Oh. Does he look See,
1: Italian? M- no, not at all. <laughs> Tim and I are both Italian, so I think it's. I, I think it's. It's. Yeah, my last name famous. is McMichael. It could be on your mom's side, like <laughs> my goodness.
2: I definitely
0: can be a yeller, but generally I'm not. It's only been a few times where I really lost it. One time I kicked down my sister's door. Yep, that was a bad idea. I was so angry at her. I kicked her door down, and called her some bad names. Oh, I and bet it, your mom was thrilled. She wasn't about that. home. Mm-hmm. She wasn't home. No one was home.
1: Did you but fix the door?
0: I did. And I also apologized, just for the record. But I was uh, I was pretty angry. I just I kicked that thing down. It did feel good in the moment. <laughs> it was like it, it was like a jean Claude like Van Damme kick, you know? Like you know what? She's pushed me over the edge, and I'm gonna. This is justified. I'm kicking this door down. That was
2: definite righteous anger.
0: It, it, it was righteous in the purest sense of the form right. especially the <laughs> words I called her they were super righteous <laughs> words <laughs>
2: so, but anyway yeah, I'm
0: not really these days a big yeller but I've also found that people's version of yelling
2: is that's true very different, very different mm-hmm. so. it's very subjective
0: yeah it is it, it, that's exactly right Rob I want to move right in um, first off for coffee I'm drinking Wawa coffee
2: Rob's drinking nothing Riley has water and Wawa tea Mm -hmm. So we can kind of go. Just so we're all clear, normally we get here, we brew a cup or a pot of coffee, we all share it. Tim brought his own Wawa coffee, never called anyone, didn't offer anyone else coffee. Nope. But there he is sipping away. With such a smug
0: smile, it's delicious. And for those of uh, those of you who listen to this podcast who don't live on the East Side, which is probably no one, but if there is one person out there listening to this episode, Wawa is quite possibly the best convenience store on the face of the planet. Am I wrong, Rob? No,
2: you are not wrong. You no. are absolutely and people right. People will
0: often compare it to like a Seven Eleven, and I'm like, no, no, um, no.
2: It that's hurts a sin. Me. It is a sin. Maybe, maybe you could compare it to Sheets. Which a but lot, even a lot more. Still, of the, oh, it's way better.
1: It's just, it's just terrible yeah. in compare. Like sheets, is we have another oh. word
2: for sheets. I'll just leave it at
0: that. <laughs> I don't know what you're into. Well, I'm not gonna go any further than that. But for the record, it, I agree. Though it, it may have been some of the words he used like, for his sister. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like comparing like an iPhone to like a Windows Seven phone. You know, like or like like a Windows phone that is no longer in existence. Or like an iPod to a Zune. Remember Zunes back yes. in the day? <laughs> yeah, technically they're in the same like like market mm-hmm. genre. But yeah, like the same like like category, but they're in totally two different leagues. So right. sheets technically is not that Wawa category. Only Wawa is just infinitely better. So if you're ever in the on the East Coast or if you ever see a Wawa, you must stop in and, and get yourself either a Hoagie A cup of coffee whatever they have you're gonna like so Mm -hmm. which you use the word hoagie which a lot of people wouldn't know a sub (laughs) a hero yeah what
1: else are they called
0: one of those things one Um, of those things um, whatever so anyway so moving on to um (laughs) to uh our christians in the news i have a funny one today
1: thank
2: you
0: rob um there's a website out there that I, I'm sure has been around for a long time, but I've just recently discovered it. And I've been going through some of its articles. It's a satire. It's a Christian satire news site, kind of like The Onion, but for the Christian culture. It is hilarious. It's called BabylonB.com. <laughs> That's a good name for a satire it is, website. It is. But some of these headlines I'm I'm dying at. Like for instance, this one is: Men's Wild That Heart Study Group Gets Hopelessly Lost in Lightly Wooded Field Behind Church. <laughs> It's just like all like oh. the Christian like cultural things like just done hilariously well. Another one I'm reading here. This is this is kind of an honor of the target thing. Target announces senior discount for anyone who self-identifies as age 60. <laughs> that is genius. <laughs>
1: That's terrible.
0: It's hilarious. They're so funny. I gotta keep going. Some of these are good. Um, oh, here's. Uh, nah, let's see. Oh, this is this one's good. Youth pastor forgets what his Hebrew tattoo means.
1: Oh no. <laughs> That's so- and
0: when you click on the article, there's some there's some good quotes in here. So it's talking about how uh, it says local youth pastor Bryce Lopresti blew a perfectly good chance to give a reason for the hope within him Tuesday when his neighbor finally inquired what his tattoo means. And he says, dude, thank you so much for asking. Little Prestity reportedly replied, peering down at his forearm. It's Hebrew for, uh, it's the Hebrew word for dot dot dot. I could have sliced the awkwardness with a two-edged sword, girlfriend Samantha Spurlock recounted (laughs) to reporters. A divine appointment gone horribly wrong, that's for sure. (laughs) And then it goes on later to say, um, I don't know why God uh, Why God allowed this He added But I hope I get another chance As that blessed Puritan John Flavel said Providence is best read Like Hebrews Backwards Uh, One Oh One of the quotes Hilarious It was a mission It was a moment Missional dreams are made of There I stood About to go all incarnational And I just froze (laughs) I'm dying This website is It's hilarious So this was this is a good Christians in the news story because I think we all agree sometimes Christians take themselves a little too seriously mm-hmm. and to have some of these like the headlines are just so well put. Rob Bell unable to articulate coherent food order at Applebee's. I mean, that's just so good. I just love the pictures. Too.
1: New they're Spring so
0: Church good. to offer ninety day refund on salvation. <laughs> I just love it. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I I can't get over it, but I just want to share it with you guys. There's some really great uh, just headlines to peruse through. Uh, Last one I'll read in the celebrity department. Deny your conscience, take up your guns, and follow Trump, urges Jerry Falwell Jr. (laughs) (laughs) That's my last one. I just thought that was a good sight. I don't know. I'm a big fan of like the Onion, like those kinds Mm -hmm. of sites. They're always so well done. Yeah. So to see one that was is done for like the Christian culture, and it's not just it's not done poorly. Like the
2: articles are really, really well written and funny. It makes me feel good. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I I can't wait till the people on my Facebook news feed start sharing those, thinking that they're absolutely like 100% real. Right,
1: right.
0: (laughs) I've seen a few. That haven't shared that I'm like, dude, this is this is satire. Just so we're on the same page. So, anyway, or you just anyway. let
1: them keep going. Just let them just, right. just right. let Press them run, Just yeah, right. Just let them run wild with it. Uh,
0: anyway, so I thought that'd be a good Christians to the News segment. A little lighthearted today. Yeah, no, that was good because today's subject matter is so dark and dreary. I figured why not start off on a happy note and end on a really depressing note.
1: Not necessarily <laughs> depressing. Maybe more so like angry and and.
0: Maybe emotionally charged. I feel right. like a lot of people who listen to this episode, and I, and I don't know because we haven't done it yet, obviously, but I have a feeling <laughs> that it's going to be. We might get them. I'll put it this way, Rob. We might get the most response ever out of this episode. Well, let's hope so. Well, <laughs> I just hope it's, it, I hope the comments are nice <laughs> because this can go south real quick. But let's start on a on a slightly lighter, um, controversial note. The target bathroom policy. That's not controversial at all. No, sure. definitely not. No. So, um, Rob, do you know what's going on with that? Uh, I, I do have a TV and the internet, so yes. <laughs> and Riley, I know, I'm know i sure you're aware.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Why don't,
0: for our listeners out there, why don't you break down what's happening at Target and what kind of spurred what's happening there?
1: Okay, so basically Target uh, came out, I think it was last week, in the beginning of last week, they said um, they're, they're very into being inclusive of everybody and so they really just wanted to um, give transgender people um, the opportunity to use their restroom with the, you know, the gender assignment, whatever that they identify with. So if you're a man, you go into the men's room or a woman, you go into the women's room. And a lot of people just aren't very OK with that. So that's, you know,
2: that's the basis of the controversy. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't like that was a new policy for them. From what I understand, this was always their policy. They just oh really? They just reiterated right right because they're
1: all about being inclusive and I guess and I feel like a lot of people just think that this is happening now, but this has been happening since like the early 2000s in several you know states that have already issued this. And so I guess you're right that Target's just reiterating, hey, we're all about being inclusive, and people are like, ah, boycott it, like, forget you, Target. So.
0: But do you think that the people who say that Target's policy is, even though they try to be inclusive, is still excluding a certain group of people, like little children maybe, or parents with little kids? Do you feel like that's a, a valid argument from that
2: side of the field? I mean, I do see the side of um, of the safety concern of parents. But really, if a perp was going to do that, they were going to do it anyway.
1: I, yep.
2: Um. Regardless of if somebody was watching them go into the bathroom or not.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um,
2: but I do understand it from a safety concern. Now you can't even question a man walking into a woman's west restroom. So I, I I understand where they're coming from, but, but I don't it, know if it's justified or not. But
1: it's not It's not a man walking into a woman's restroom. Because first, people who are transgender have been using oh yeah, the definitely. bathroom for... Uh, for forever. They've been using the bathroom that with the gender that they uh, identify with for years. And so it's not like, oh, there's a grown man who's like walking with slacks and a button-down shirt walking in or a T-shirt or whatever. You wouldn't necessarily know that it's a man. Mm-hmm. It's not just a guy who decided to throw on a dress or whatever. It's a person who looks... Uh, um, per, a person who, you know, was born one way and is either... Maybe they're transitioning, maybe they're not, or whatever. So you, nine times out of ten, wouldn't know that that person is not that.
2: Yeah, for sad. those that know what Tim looks like, it's not like we're walking into Target and Tim's like, "All right, I gotta hit the <laughs> gotta hit to hit the, the restroom," right. and he walks into the ladies' room.
1: Right.
0: I have. <laughs> I have done that, but it's always by accident, and I feel pretty awkward walking in. So. Anyway, no, I understand, I kind of agree with you because my thought process was, because I I know that one of the big arguments was, well, what if someone now just wants to dress up as a woman and go into the woman's bathroom? To which I said, well, haven't they always been able to do that? Like if a pedophile or if some pervert really wants to get inside a woman's restroom, all they they got to do is dress up like a woman convincingly enough and just walk in. I mean, there's no, no one's policing the bathrooms and that's not a new thing they've never been policed because we just kind of assume you look like a girl you're going to the girl's bathroom if you look like a guy you're going to the guy's bathroom so I don't know how, how this new uh, this, this revival of this policy so to speak is changing that? You know what I mean? Like right. I don't understand how this opens the floodgates to anything. I've also heard the argument of, well, I wouldn't want my little my little daughter walking into a restroom where maybe there is a man who is transitioning in that same room. To which I say, use the family bathroom. Right. I don't. I don't think it's a hard concept. Like it doesn't. I mean, honestly, regard regardless of my personal views with the whole gen the whole transgender movement, which I just to be honest, I don't really even understand. At all, but regardless of those views, I, to me when I heard that, I thought, okay, I'll just if I had a little a little girl or boy, I would just use the family, use the family bathroom. That's a single unit bathroom, and that'd be the end of that. Or if I really felt that uncomfortable, like for instance, if I sent my ten year old into the women's bathroom and someone walked in behind her who I thought maybe was up to no good, I would just freaking walk in. Like I right. don't care, it's my kid. girl. I don't care how undignified I looked. I'm gonna walk in and be a good parent. Period.
1: Right. Right. So
0: what? you know what's frustrating is that once again i just feel like it's another way to get another way to get conservatives especially christians riled up over something that a was already in place for a long long time but b when you really break it down i don't understand like the inherent danger of, of, of that
2: particular policy right and on top of that i don't think boycotting does any good
1: Except giving all of us that love Target more opportunities to buy the things that everybody else isn't going to buy.
2: Well, I was exactly. thinking about um, Paul when he wrote to those in Corinth and he was like, you know, if I have no against or qualms against you eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. So if Paul didn't have a problem with them eating meat that was sacrificed to idols, why should I feel bad about washing my hair with shampoo I bought from Target? Well, that's the thing. Think
0: about that statement, right, in its context. Eating meat that was sacrificed to idols, that to me sounds uncomfortable. Like if I was living in a day where there were other religions that were doing that and they were selling the meat, like, oh, this is just meat that that was sacrificed to an idol that now we're selling, I would be like, how do I feel about that as a Christian? But Paul says, don't, you you know, Paul already says, don't worry about it, partake. So if, if, if on that level we're talking about partaking in things like that because we have the Holy Spirit and we're covered by it, buying a bottle of shampoo from Target, not only is it hypocritical and taking a stance for that particular issue, but it's, it's also kind of like the worst representation of the gospel ever. Right, like, exactly. If anything, why don't you boycott to get a, a, a seat at the table with the CEO to discuss the issue? Instead of just saying, we're not, we're not gonna shop there, instead of closing your ears and walking away, why not say, hey, can we discuss this? Here's our concerns, we, we don't wanna have these concerns, but can you shed more light on how these wouldn't be concerns for us? If there was that dialogue, it'd be a different discussion, but instead you have these people, like I'll give you a great example, there was a some Facebook pastor who came out of a Target and was Josh going- Josh Feuerstein. I don't know, I, I don't know who it was, <laughs> But he was coming out of Target, and he just he just was like, "Hey, Pastor So and So here, and uh, here's what I did, and I talked to the manager, and Target, how dare you?" And he went went off on like this whole rant, right? And so I commented, I said, "Man, I love when pastors preach about political policy instead of the gospel."
1: Right. And so
0: someone responded on that, and their argument was, "Well, Jesus overturned uh, the money changers in the temple. Why don't you do your research before you talk about this stuff?" And I was like. (laughs) come on, like you, you really don't want to go down that path because that argument is so weak. It's such a terrible argument. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start, you know, but so that's the kind of like stuff I've been hearing and the, the, the um, I guess like the, the reasoning for it, it just doesn't hold any water with me. No. Hmm. No, at all. It's, it's very frustrating,
2: honestly. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, we should yeah. instead use those situations and policies as a springboard for the gospel. Not saying, oh man, I hate transgender people, and uh, we right. shouldn't. My children are in danger, and there's going to be so many rapes. Listen, transgender people—that
0: idea is nothing new. I mean, I'm, it's historical. It's it's there, right? I'm sure it was there in Corinth. I'm sure there were transgender people right. in Corinth. They probably didn't call them that. It probably had a different name for them. But there are probably people who maybe identified with with the with a different gender than from what they were born with, right? right. So, this is not some new age like whoa, first time humanity's ever seeing this. Yeah, it's been around. And the gospel, there's no, there's no nothing specific against transgender people in the Bible as far as how Christians are supposed to react to them. The, Paul is not saying, "Oh, by the way, uh, future whoever, if you ever see a transgender person, make sure that you make sure they use the right bathroom." Right. Yeah. Make sure you really <laughs> let them know how wrong they are. Like, it's just yeah. not there. You know, it's not there in Scripture. So it is a little aggravating to see, again, just how like volatile we've handled another situation that could have been a great opportunity for the gospel. Instead, it's just like, well, great, we're going to yell about this now. More things that we are against. Like, yes, that's just what I wanted the Christian movement to be known for. You know, it's, I don't know, I I feel like it shuts down
2: conversations now with the transgender community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now they say, oh, all of you Christians all have the same view. Yeah. And it's against us.
1: Right. And what you had just said before um, about, uh, you know, kids being in danger. I feel like people are missing the point about the fact that like trans people are also you know being assaulted being you know just they're getting hurt too and this is trying to just Target is just trying to do a little thing for them to just feel a little bit more comfortable and instead everybody else is just going bonkers over it
2: yeah so say you're a transgender I don't know how, how you phrase this man who's transing, transitioning into a woman mm-hmm. whatever right. that phrase is and you're in Texas, and so you go go into the men's room dressed as a woman. Right. Right. You'd probably be assaulted, get called so many names. Right. For their sake, please, go to the women's room.
0: Right, exactly. I'd be freaked out. Absolutely. Oh, I, I I get freaked out if I'm dressed up in a Halloween costume by going to the bathroom. <laughs> Honestly, like I get freaked out enough there like, yeah, this is a dumb costume, don't say anything, let alone like if it's if, if I'm if it's part of my identity for whatever reason and I walk into especially somewhere like Texas or the South, man, I'd be right. pretty freaked out. Absolutely.
1: And, and you know, fearing for your safety. And so it's really just it's really just a way to just make people feel more comfortable. And as a result, parents are in an uproar. And even people who don't have parents are like, or don't have kids are in an uproar about <laughs> Yeah, don't even have parents. Yeah. Don't have kids are in an uproar about it. And it's like, if you're, if somebody wants to hurt you or your kid or your significant other or anything, they're going to do it regardless of what the law says, regardless of what Target says. It's... Just.
0: Here's my one point about that, though, that I will say that I think is a little crazy. It does make me laugh, because I have a lot of, of the same people who post on all different issues on my Facebook, and it, it did make me laugh a little bit that one of the arguments I have heard was that, listen, laws don't stop rape from happening. And I'm like, hey, I, I understand that. I, I get that. But those are the same people who will say, we need more gun control. Right. I'm like, yes. I mean, let's just be real here. If you're going to tell me that laws won't stop rape, which I will, I will agree, I agree with. They definitely will not stop rape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're gonna tell me that more gun control will stop gun violence That to me it's such a it's one of those things where I just don't get it it's it, it doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. but I did find that kind of ironic like you know right. I've heard some people say, well you know rape listen you know rape doesn't, our laws don't stop rape but a gun control we need more gun control for these shootings it's it's the same exact logic a hundred percent more gun control does not usually stop more shootings in fact it really, and this is a very stereotypical thing to say, but it really does only stop law-abiding citizens, 100%. So it is funny to to see that. That's a little bit ironic. One other point I want to make about this, too, before we move on. You know, I read an article today that someone posted about just someone in in the church who grew up and was, was, was either molested or close to being molested by someone who volunteered at the church. And it made me think, I'm like, you know, I wonder... I wonder if we if we took to the same like critique and um, if we put the same like microscope effect to the church regarding things like this about our children's safety I wonder what we could really be preventing because I think a lot of not a lot but I'm sure there are moments you know where some kids have gotten pretty messed up because of people operating in the name of volunteering at a church without a background check or without, or without the proper vetting I think in a lot of ways that's almost a more a more a more vulner, a more, uh, vulnerable place because if there's anywhere to sneak under the radar, right? There's it's an inherent trust already there, right? It's built in. So if anyone was to misuse that trust, it would be in a place like that. I mean, in, in a public bathroom, the chances of you getting away with anything. You're in a public place, but you as a chaperone on a mission trip as the only adult, right? Probably right. an easier. Target for people who kids who already trust you, they already see you as a spiritual figure. In fact, there was, um, I read an article a couple of weeks ago about a guy, a missionary who was like 24 years old. He ended up getting caught. Um, he was somewhere in Africa. He was molesting the people there. Like he was, yeah. oh
2: yeah, I, I think I read yeah, that. Yeah,
1: he article. was young.
0: And I'm reading the article and I'm like, oh my gosh. Now, that's not to say that everyone in the church is bad. Obviously, yeah, you're just you know? opening a whole can right. of and for people to look, attack. The thing though is that we have to be honest. Yeah. And the bottom line is that I believe the last statistic I heard is that transgender people make up about poor. 0.4% of the population. So the statistical chance of a transgender person person molesting a child is pretty low just because of the, of the sheer number of them. But when you compare that number to maybe church people, people who attend a church, it's much higher. Not to say that, you know, oh, there's more pedophiles in the church but you have to be more on guard there's a much bigger percentage of the population you're working with and it's under the trust of a spiritual guidance or it's a volunteer and they're with your kids so let's just be realistic you know i don't think pedophiles are good in any situation whether they're transgender or they're straight or they're gay it doesn't matter to me we have to be careful all across the board so anyway that that's my piece on that issue but yeah we should probably move on before we make an episode out of Target and transgenders. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot to say on that issue because, once yeah. again, Definitely. you know, it's, it is it is a little baffling sometimes. But yeah. that does tie in somewhat to our conversation because I think a lot of this is fueled, of course, by. Well, I'll get there. Watch, watch <laughs> me connect this. You ready? Uh, so, a lot okay. of this is fueled by right wing politics. All right. So, now we're in political terms. See that I, I did that jump just like that because you have the guys like Trump, the guys who cru- like Cruz who will just inflame their base with that kind of rhetoric of boycott Target.
1: Trump actually said, I read this and I.
2: Huge Trump supporter. I am not not a Trump supporter. You're going to cast your ballot, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he did say, he's like you know, why are we making such a big deal about this? And and I feel like
0: I'll, Hats off the Trump.
1: Yeah, right? The one thing. There's all, there's just one thing I have that I like about that, and that's what it is. But truly, because everybody else is getting so up in arms, and he's like, why? It's just a bathroom.
0: Exactly. Well, that's because people like to complain about things.
1: Of course. Of course.
0: I do think, though, that when it comes to really divisive issues, here we go, I'm making my transition
1: next. I feel uh-huh. like you're trying too hard. I probably am. Yeah. I'm just saying it out this loud. This is a stretch, to be, to be but go awkward.
0: ahead. Well, I mean, we're going to eventually get on the topic of abortion, right? That's mm-hmm. Never really here. That's why Rob on the podcast. Dun dun dun. There it is. <laughs> but it is. Here's my thing. Personally, I love Bernie Sanders. I really do. But the abortion issue for me is a big one, and that's when I have a hard time getting over. It just is. And I feel like you're gonna. No matter how genuine, no matter how authentic you are, if your views on abortion are are majorly pro-choice you're not going to win over many, much of the Christian base. Because even most of my liberal Christians are still pretty conservative on that particular issue. Okay. Now, Riley, I know you,
2: on the other hand, you are, but you aren't.
1: Okay, yeah. Right? Am I right? Well, in you, saying that?
2: All right, so maybe we should start there. You know, with what our Riley, kind of so, state your views and your positions. <laughs> oh, is this the well, official debate time now? Yes. Okay. He just
1: wants ding, me ding. To, ding, ding. Okay, <laughs> I am pro-choice, but I do not agree with abortion. I personally, myself, I okay. do not agree with abortion, but I don't think it should be illegal. So, that's... And, and why? Um, Go ahead. Go Because, okay. So, <laughs> I figured you were going to state your case and then it would really be on. Okay, hey, so... Don't worry. You'll know when it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think that it should be illegal because abortion is... You're dealing with a, a life and when it's performed incorrectly, you are putting the mother at risk as well. Um, and so it's not going to stop. It's, it's never going to stop. And so I think that it should be regulated. Um, and that's, I mean, like I don't think that it should be illegal. I just don't think, and because I believe that abortion is, just because I believe that abortion is wrong doesn't mean that I'm, you know, going to force my beliefs on somebody who, you know, doesn't
2: right? You're not gonna hold think. a unchristian nation to the morality of a Christian. Exactly. Okay, I understand that, Tim. I just have one question. Yeah. No, no, no Tim. You can't oh, ask wait. a question. No, yet. Oh wait, state, you state, state. Yeah, oh, state your beliefs.
0: So my view is this: I'm pro-life. I believe that there are exceptions to that. I believe that in the. Huh? That don't you? Yeah, Oh, what a typical no, right No, no, wing. there are exceptions because philosophically speaking, right? If it's dangerous, if the if the birth endangers life of the mother, that's a life for life. So, if someone's going to die, I understand the choice that the mother gets to make for that. Okay, I also think in the case of rape, that's also an exception. Those are the So I'm pro-life consistently with those two qualifiers.
1: Okay, so then, oh, go ahead. So then, do you believe that the unborn baby, the life. Of the child is less important because the mother has been raped. Nope. So how because can you? My, but how can you be pro-life if you, if you say, but, but there's exceptions.
0: Well, there's always, we deal in a gray world. Nothing's black and white. Period. There's always going to be reasons. For instance, let's say let's say my, Sarah gets pregnant. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the baby didn't attach right, and she's endangering the life of Sarah. Mm-hmm. So if she gives birth, not only can could one or the other, but both could die. Right At that point, it makes sense that Sarah could say, you know what, we should probably end this if it's going to kill one of us, most definitely. So I'm making that choice to end the, the pregnancy. Because it's endangering, least, no matter what, someone's going to die. Mm-hmm. But Sarah's already fully born. She's already established in the world. So... That, to me, isn't even a question, because they're, either way, you're losing a life. Right. Okay? Either way, it's a one-for-one one trade. At worst, it's, it's a two-for-nothing trade. Mm-hmm. So, I understand that. With rape, that wasn't the woman's choice to get pregnant. She was forced to, which, by the way, the majority of rapes don't end in pregnancy, but there are some that do. So, in that case, it wasn't the woman's choice to get pregnant, and she has the option to terminate. That's my view on those two issues.
1: But women who choose, most of the time, women who choose to have an abortion, they never choose to get pregnant. So uh, do you mean, just to clarify, you just mean choose to not have sex? If
0: they have consensual sex, you're running the risk of getting pregnant. Right. Period. So at that point, you made the choice to run that risk. And if you end up conceiving, you have a life inside of you. And it's not, it's completely, in my opinion, wrong and immoral to say, well, it's, it's my right so the child can die so I can live how I want. That's not fair I think because you started a life.
1: I don't necessarily think so there's like I'm I'm not going to my statistics are probably wrong. Okay. But there's 40% of abortions. I'm going to say I'm pretty sure that's the number. 40% of abortions happen because the mother either feels that they are not responsible enough right. or they don't make enough to right to support this child. Absolutely. So if the woman is making that choice saying hey you know what I can't take care of a child the way that they should be taken care of absolutely shouldn't they have that choice to say you know what this, this they should have the choice
0: happen. for adoption they should have the choice for handing that baby over to the state but the, the idea so that of, they
1: could be in a so they can live in a foster house and like live I'm in glad like terrible conditions I'm glad you brought conditions. this
0: up because think about that logic you're essentially saying we're making the choice to end this life because we don't know what's going to happen that's what you're saying. You're saying mm-hmm. there's a gamble that it might the child might not have a great life, so let's just kill it now because, hey, I mean, who knows what could happen? Right. That That is a really bad statistical logic to go by because if you think about it like this, right? Suppose that, here's the way I, I always see it. Suppose I'm hunting with, uh, with, with, with Rob over here. We're hunting and we separate to find a deer and I'm sitting by myself for three hours and I see something rustling, but I can't tell if it's Rob or the deer. Do I take the shot and say, well, it could be 50-50, but I'm going to take the shot? No, of course not. Because if I kill Rob, that's a really big deal. But if I miss the deer, it's not a big deal. Right. So the logic of, well, you know, forget the adoption process. That quality of life might be terrible. That is a really bad gamble. Because mm-hmm. you're saying essentially that, well, I know this, child, this child's future because I'm God. And so I'm just going to kill the life. I mean, that that's what, how I see it. I really okay. do.
2: Well, I'll just ask the question to Tim on on top of that. So you're applying the fallacy of that argument. Um, you don't know what would happen. I would apply that same logic to your qualifiers. So you're saying, I didn't, I didn't make this choice. I was raped. Um, I don't, I don't want this child. You're essentially applying the same logic to that child. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with me. Um, and the same thing with a medical issue, with the mother or the baby. You're applying the same logic. Instead not completely. Of, Sorry, i don't going to cut you off. My apologies. Finish your Instead your of going through, okay, medical science may say, yeah, there's a 99% chance that this child's going to die or you are going to die. At that point, as a Christian, I'm not going to force this view on anyone else, right. but as a Christian, I would say, okay, I'm going to leave that 1% in the hands of God and not have blood on my hands for my own child.
0: Absolutely absolutely but like you just said you're not going to force that view on someone else i don't right. at that point when when it's statistically probable that that either one or both life, lives will be lost i don't think it's fair to say well listen we believe in a guy that you don't even believe in but so you can't have, you can't you can't make that call so i'm talking and by, by the way i'm talking in pretty this is pretty rare exceptions this isn't very common right. you know where it's it's not like like one in five pregnancies end this way you know what i mean so i, I am talking about a pretty you know, a, a pretty small portion of this topic. So majority speaking, I'm pretty pro-life across the board. But in these exceptions, so I believe that that there are some 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 points where I say, you know what, like I don't think it's right, like you said, Riley, to say to that woman, Well, sorry, we have a moral belief that guides us, and you don't. But I'm saying in the general thought, like even for take God out of the equation, the logical Working of some of these thoughts doesn't make any sense, and it's not right. Because if you agree that the, that the child in the womb is indeed a full life, which I do believe, and I believe science backs up, then we're not talking about a fetus. We're not talking about a bag of cells. We're talking about a human being. So we're talking about kindling a human being. And I know, I know that sounds like real intense, but. That's the definition That's of killing. Is, like you're right. stopping the life. So if we're gonna gamble on these things, we gotta make sure that we're really careful. Because if we're gonna start pulling the trigger on, oh yeah, you don't want to. Wait, you had consensual sex and you ran the risk of getting pregnant, and you're pregnant. Yeah, just kill the life. That's a pretty bad view, in my opinion, to have. As but far I don't as that necessarily
1: working. know that. Now, see, I've never even had. An, I've never had an abortion or anything like that, so I wouldn't. So right. I wouldn't know. But. I, but uh, I have a friend who uh, works for um, a company and she was told she is completely 100% pro-choice, but they told her like if you ever come across like somebody who says that they want to have an abortion, you have to tell them no. Like you ha- you have not no, but you have to encourage them to keep the child whatever. It's very rare that you have a, a doctor or a practitioner who's like, you know what? you should probably get an abortion it's it, they want to present you all the options before you make your decision so it's not like they're like okay you know your your baby's probably going to be this that the other thing you should probably like terminate it 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 doesn't necessarily happen that way i don't th- i don't think that there are practitioners or doctors who are like you know what abortions abortions your only choice
2: i would somehow disagree with then
1: that. Then again, I've, I've never been in this right. situation before. No, neither, so, neither
2: have I, so, so I, my, go ahead, Rob. My sister and my brother-in-law are pregnant with their fourth child, mm-hmm. and on the 20-week ultrasound, they found that there is a like a cyst on the baby from the back down to the knee, and there's also fluid around the stomach, um, so there may be some chromosomal issues. They just They just don't know at this point. Right she had three doctors tell her to terminate very, very boldly. And they were like, it's just better if you do this. And she, she like, every time she would kind of update the family, and she would be very discouraged because she's like, here are medical professionals who are looking at this baby, seeing a heartbeat, looking at the heartbeat, and saying, it's probably better if you terminate. And it wasn't until the last doctor that she had that it was someone that was very encouraging and kind of that doctor that you were talking about but that was one out of four. Right. And she was very taken back by that. How can you look at a life and and suggest, no, abortion is the better alternative here?
0: Well, that's what I'm kind of getting at. And I'm not saying, Riley, that you hold this view. I'm just saying that when you really take the, uh, the mindset behind some of these thoughts and take them all the way down the end of the road, it, you start getting into, well, you know, the baby might have uh, a defective arm. What do you want to do? You want to just kill it? Uh, you know, there, there's no reverence for the, for life because if you have a view, and again, I'm not saying Riley does, but I'm saying if you have a view of well, we're all just animals who have evolved anyway. It's just a really, you know, it's a doggy doggy world out there, and, and you know, survival of the fittest. Then that that view, that worldview, makes complete sense. That, oh, you know what? This child's not going to be a real strong athlete one day. Why don't you just go ahead and, and end it? We'll try again. Why spend all that time and money on someone who might have you know Down syndrome or might have a mental deficiency? Why don't you terminate and we'll just reset? That's really where it, it leads. And there are people out there advocating for it. What I'm talking about is not far stretched. There are major professors. There are major people huh. with that worldview. Richard
2: Dawkins is one of them. He's definitely
0: one mm-hmm. of them who say, you know what? abortion should really be you know i'm pro-choice because we should be able to kind of kill off the weakest of us yeah so that completely flies in the face and always will fly in the face no matter how liberal i am on certain issues when it comes to the view that all life is equal and that god creates every single life you can't convince me otherwise that that is a good idea just period and so that's why i am pro-life because it's not like we're talking about for instance the homosexual issue right yeah maybe i believe one thing on a personal level right but but consistently, as far as our society goes, I really agree with you a lot, Riley, where it's not my call to tell someone how they can live. But we're not talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about life or death. That's what that's that's the stakes. The stakes are either you're alive or you're not alive anymore. I think about the question, how many Beethovens have we killed in our generation? How many Michael Jordans have just been aborted? Because, oh, well, if, if they grew up in poverty, who knows what kind of life they're going to have? So that's my that's kind of my, my logic behind it. And I... I'm just thinking about all the people that I know who are like probably just screaming at their radio right now, but you can't convince me otherwise. Because if we are talking about a life, and so that, that's a big qualifier. But one thing if Robbie said, I don't believe it's a life, that's a whole different discussion. But if we believe that's a human being inside that womb, those are the stakes that we're talking about.
1: Right. We agree a lot more than I thought we would, so I'm a little <laughs> disappointed about that. This, this always <laughs> happens.
2: This
0: always happens. Rob, <laughs> does it not? It happens okay, far more than Okay, But here's we think. the thing.
1: Oh. So so You're saying that you're pro-life. Yes. Like on a on percentage-wise, how pro-life are you?
0: With those two exceptions.
1: Okay, percentage-wise. So, like, okay, so ninety-five. Okay, ninety-five percent. Pretty through and through. so, do you believe that abortion should be illegal?
0: I believe that without those two exceptions, abortion should be not an option.
1: How do you regulate that? Anybody could say, "Hey, I was raped." Sure.
0: Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that that heroin will ever stop being an issue with how many laws we have? No. But do we have laws in place? Yeah. There you go. It's just that simple. We have laws in place for a reason for heroin, don't okay.
1: we? Okay. So and then ha- there and how many people are dying because of heroin? But so, how many
0: are stopped because of those laws?
1: I don't think very many, to be perfectly well, honest. But
0: definitely, I mean, there's definitely more than more have been stopped than would have been stopped without those laws in place.
1: I and, I kind of disagree. And, okay, well, <laughs>
0: what's your what's your logical outworking? Do we just say, you know what? It's all deregulated. Open,
2: open market for heroin. Is that, is that the answer? No. Okay. So I'll, I'll pose a question kind of to both of you, especially any of you that know the history of Julia's family know this is a very at-home issue. Um, so if you have, take that issue of heroin and if you look at the broad spectrum, you would, you would say, okay, laws aren't going to fix this problem. Right. But support is. Right. And treating treating the actual underlying issue is. Yes. I think we could take that same umbrella and apply it directly to abortion. Okay, I would agree, laws aren't going to change what's going to happen, as you were pointing out. Right. People are going to perform abortions. They're going to be very unsafe in their homes. Right. A new market will open up, right? That's what happens. Exactly. But, if, the it's filled. but if if the we as a church stepped up and started with support, what kind of effect would you think that would have on abortion rates, on people's outlook, on just this abortion topic as a whole?
1: So, I think, to take it a step further, like, even before support for an unplanned pregnancy, um, sex education. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, because a lot of people, a lot of unplanned pregnancies are because, you know, Yes, there is some sort of contraception in place, whatever, but even before that, there are a lot of people who just aren't educated on what needs to happen in order to prevent any kind of unplanned pregnancy.
0: Break break, break that down for a second. With sex education, you're talking about teaching youth group kids how to have safe sex, I'm. No. I'm, re- I'm well, not, not trying not to be not smart. You, I'm really not, asking. Not
1: youth group kids, but like teaching in schools because there are a lot of pe- there are a lot of schools that just completely will only teach abstinence only programs, and and those are actually like states that only have abstinence only programs. They have higher teenage pregnancy rates or higher rates of pregnancy or unexpe- unplanned pregnancies. Sure. I should say. Sure. So wouldn't if you're saying you know, get to the underlying problem, wouldn't the underlying problem be not proper sex ed?
0: I think the underlying problem is bad parenting, because like you said, no matter how many laws or how much education, think about it, right? Everyone knows, and I'm going back, I'm going back to that, that drug example. Everyone knows what, what happens when you're on meth. The education is out there. People know what happens. Your teeth fall out and you eventually die, mm-hmm. but people still do it, right? Now that's different because there's addiction there. I get that, but it doesn't stop people, it doesn't stop people a whole lot from dabbling. Education is part of it, but Parents involved in their kids' lives. This all boils down, I, I really believe this, to the family unit. If there's not a strong family unit in place, then you, no matter how much education, no matter how much money you throw at something, you still run a greater risk of things like unplanned parent, uh, you know, um, pregnancy. Uh, pregnancy, stuff like that. And it's listen, there's no black or white solution. I'm not saying if you just uh, like your no, parents, absolutely. it would solve all the problems. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I knew people who had great parents still got pregnant outside of marriage. Right, right. Like it's going to happen, but it will hopefully limit that, and you'll have that support that Rob's talking about in place. Because there is there is one thing I am harsh with the church on it's you're <laughs> so outspoken about being anti-abortion, but who's stepping up to foster? Right, who's Absolutely. stepping up to take that girl who's pregnant at, uh, under your wing to really nurture her, to ha- have her deliver that uh, that child in a safe environment, mm-hmm. and teach her how to be a mother. Right, because her dad walked, or because her uh, her boyfriend or her whoever it was whoever walked it out was, on it. Yeah, so that's a whole different side of the coin that I'm, I really agree with you a lot on. Rob is that if the church stepped up the way that God called us to, I think you know, law or not, it would re- definitely have a huge impact on the reduction of um, of
2: abortions. A hundred percent. I think on a side of that, um, if there was some changes in policies, even in our government, so. The so one day, Julia texted me a picture of this couple standing outside of an abortion clinic saying, don't abort, we want to adopt your baby. Right. I was like, that's a great theory. Yeah. That costs about $50,000.
1: Yeah. Right. It's so expensive, even for even for a woman who says, you know, I'm not going to abort my baby, but I can't even afford to go to my doctor's appointments. I can't afford prenatal vitamins. I can't... Mm-hmm. It costs a lot of money just to be pregnant. It costs a lot of money to have a baby. It does, and, you're right. Absolutely. And so... There should be policies set in place that it's like, hey, you know what? If this if this baby you're not gonna take care of, like I don't know, there needs to be some. there's I, gotta be something. I know <laughs> what
0: you're saying though. Like there has it has to be made easier to right. have access to certain health things. And for the record as well, just so we're really clear, I'm all about women's health. I it bothers me that abortion and women's health get thrown in the same exact in the same category. Yeah. Because to me they're very different things, unless mm-hmm. like I specified earlier, there's exceptions to that. But as far as women having access to good health care and making sure things are, are correct and that their bodies are working right, I'm all about it. They Absolutely. But
1: there's a lot of people who, there are a lot of, especially Christians, are like, oh, free health care or affordable or whatever. I'm oh, sorry. But idea. they're also, but those are the same people who are saying, you know what, forget healthcare, forget affordable healthcare, they're also saying, you know what, forget abortions. Let's just get rid of it all. And then there's no, there's no, you want to take something away from a woman who feels like that's her only option. Right. I don't agree with that, but they say that's my only option, Right. but you're you're, you're taking it away from them and you're not giving them anything else.
0: That's exactly correct. I think the reason why that happens though is because once people hear the word women's healthcare, they've been trained to jump to abortion. I really believe that. Like I don't think any well, I don't think the majority of any Christians would say women should not have access to getting checkups consistently done, you know, or that or that, that shouldn't be more of an effort to be made. But I think they, they automatically assume women's health care means pro-choice. They just they have this correlation in their head for right or for wrong. But I think the pro-choice movement though, they kind of pretend they put abortion under that umbrella. Oh well, we're all about women's health. That's why we're pro-choice. That's a bad connection to make because women's health is not always equal in abortion. Right. Period. It just doesn't, you know? It absolutely doesn't. It doesn't have to mean that. And like you said, Rob, you know, people who want to adopt, it should be made so much more affordable, so much cheaper to do that. It just should. And it's it's hard in our country to to foster. It's hard to adopt. It's a lot of money to do those things mm-hmm. for sure, 100%. Yeah, and...
1: um, As far as, like, women's health care go, to kind of uh, segue a little bit, as far as um, just having some kind of health care, like, what is it called? Planned Parenthood? Like, as soon as people think Planned Parenthood, all they think of is abortion. They don't think, uh, which, as of right now, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with Planned Parenthood and all their, what, defunding it and what they're what they stand for and what they what they support, but they do so much good as far as um, you know, screening women, screening men, young young women, providing healthcare and whatever. And people are just totally forgetting all the good stuff that they're doing and only thinking like, oh well, they're just killing babies. Well,
0: let me ask you a question about that because. This is one of those things where it's like when when something controversial comes out, you see a statistic in support of one view, and then you see the an opposite statistic in the view of, in, in support of the other, and you're like, "Well, right. both can't be right." Right. So with Planned Parenthood, I didn't really understand what was happening with the videos that came out about selling the body parts. Me either. Okay, I didn't know if you knew anything no, about that no, because I, I saw it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know I just if don't I'm know just looking at a really skewed view or if someone. I don't know, because I I look at some of my friends' posts and they have these articles on why Planned Parenthood was selling body parts and how illegal that is, but then I read other articles that's like, no, they weren't doing that, here's actually what was happening, it's actually completely legal, yada 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 now either way for me the abortion part's a big deal i'm not sure and again i've heard statistics that say you know planned P- uh, planned parenthood's revenue is mostly done because of abortions i've heard people say listen it's three percent of their budget right you know so and i don't i don't know enough to really dig into that i wish right. i did but i just don't yeah but it's here like it's here you know and i i don't under you know a lot of my friends get it give me a hard time because they're like well how can you ever support a pro-choice candidate it's like well what do you think a pro-life candidate will do? Like you tell uh, me, we've
1: had pro-life presidents and they haven't gotten rid of abortions. So, right. like what? What does it matter? Well, I shouldn't say what does it matter. That's that's a terrible thing. Right, but, but
0: like. if, if you're voting, if you're voting for that one reason and it's not getting done, you're kind of throwing your vote away. Right, and I know I think uh, George W. Bush did a, did the partial birth abortion ban or something like that, and right. that sounds pretty reasonable to me. It hasn't been overturned yet, as far as I know, but. Oh, it has. Maybe it has. I, don't I think know. that was one
2: of the first things Obama did.
0: Okay. Office. Well, it's overturned. I,
2: <laughs> well,
1: I, I they. I think it's after a certain period of time. I mean, definitely, there's pro, there's definitely procedures that probably still happen after that period of time. It's like from. I, I want to say like after fourteen weeks, maybe it is. I don't know. It's it's some like it's a very short period of time that you can have a. Abortion done legally, legally. Okay, and then after that, and then after that, it's called something else, and it's only able to be performed if the mother's if the mother's life is truly, truly in danger. Okay. and and then after that, then there's I mean, you see the you know the posts on Facebook and and all those articles that's you know oh the baby was crying and and but the doctor told me that it wasn't going to be alive or or whatever these you know horror stories are. So, but there there are laws put in place and i think they are still effective as far as
2: some of the late term like the third trimester and all that kind of i think those are still
1: yeah so
2: yeah. i think you absolutely should be that's the, look those that's pictures like to us pictures, it's like a
1: no brainer
0: those pictures are not doctored pictures like mm-hmm. they're very grotesque for a reason mm-hmm. and they're pretty shocking frankly i'm just going to put it out there like i've seen you know you've seen them and you're like Oh my gosh, How like this, this is a little tiny human that fits in your palm or is little, you know it's it's uh it's hard to look at and that's I think that's part of the reason why I have the view that I do because I really believe whether people want to disagree or not it's up to them and I don't think my views didn't change much policy but it I believe it's a life, you know, 100%. So, I think that's why I'm so passionate about this because a lot of my friends who are more liberal who I tend to align with on a lot of different things are always shocked. I'm like, "Listen, Here's why. Here's my worldview. of view. When I do, they usually understand. Maybe they'll still disagree, but they at least understand where I'm coming from. Right. But again, I like to think I'm consistently pro-life. So I'm also against the death penalty as well.
2: Because, we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, well, I know.
0: I'm
1: just saying for <laughs> the well, se- sake. that correlates way more than the transgender bathrooms and yes, the... That and, was a better segue.
2: <laughs> was that... Like, oh, that was a
0: segue? Boom. No. Boom. Oh, no. There well, we go. Just, speaking of the death penalty, no, I'm just kidding. But I'm mean, just saying like, you know... I just feel a lot of things are backwards. A lot of pro choice people are very anti death penalty. Okay. And then a lot of pro life people are very pro death penalty. Okay. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. The the, The ones who are in prison for murder, rape, those people can't be put to death. But the person who doesn't want another person inside of them, even though it was consensual and willing, that that life can be disterminated, even though it's it's not guilty of anything. It's not even born yet. So to me, that logic's never made sense. Just like how oh, protect the life inside of you, but the life outside, no matter what it's done, ah, we we judge it as 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 worthy of death. That's not our call to make. I really believe right. that. So
1: yeah, I. Hate that we agree so much. Um. Well, I'll, <laughs> this, I'll I ask can't a question. This happens to me. I,
0: Rob, how many times do we say before we start rolling? Listen, if it gets heated, just keep going.
2: We're so good friends.
1: And
0: then it never gets heated. I'm sorry.
1: We're
2: too Christian.
0: I know. <laughs> Roar, you're a terrible person. You're, I don't know. Just, All right,
2: <laughs> so yeah. I'll ask a question that may prompt some tension. Some tension. Do oh, it. Good. Holler. Riley, should not so you say there should be an allowance for abortions for women. Um, do you think there's there should be age restrictions? Because right now, a teenager can go and get an abortion without parental consent. Um, do you think that there should be age restrictions? If you're under 18, you shouldn't be allowed to go get this procedure when you can't even buy a pack of cigarettes.
1: <laughs> I think if a, if a woman is making the decision like this is my only choice my only choice is to have an abortion she's probably doing it and like not going with her parents or anything because she doesn't want them to find out and so i don't know i again i have to you know just clarify i don't agree with abortions i but i can't no i don't think that there should be an age restriction on it i think that you know if a woman really feels like that's her only choice like it's she probably feels that strongly because her parents are gonna kick her out and that baby's probably better off like in her mind she's thinking that pro- that baby's probably better off dead and then you know then for me to try and you know whatever and a lot of times maybe the maybe their home life isn't that terrible but like when there's an unplanned pregnancy and let's say you're 15 years old you're like oh my gosh this is the end of my life I I might as well just say sayonara because this is just this is the end I don't Tim. Know.
0: <laughs> well, at first I was thinking, I'm thinking, man, I don't really know, but as I thought it through, I'm like, no. they absolutely should be a restriction on it because if you have to be 21 to have one beer, certainly you should be older to take a life, period. I mean, if we give kids licenses at 18 and we don't trust them with a car at 13, I don't want to trust a child to... Make an adult decision. I mean, they already made one by getting pregnant. Again, assuming it's not rape. Just want to be really clear about this. But mm-hmm. they already, they already made the decision to have sex and to run the risk of getting pregnant. But the last thing you should be entrusted with is, oh, do you want to keep that life inside of you or not? There should be, and again, I'm talking about a lot of a lot of should be's. I know this isn't how the world works. I I get that because there are definitely people who have terrible parents or abusive parents or bad parents, but. The idea that we're going to, that we can say to a 15 year old, hey, listen, you can't drive or drink or smoke or even apply for a job yet. But yeah, you got pregnant. Go ahead. We'll let you kill that life inside of you. To me, that's a very adult decision to make that should require some kind of parental guidance. And I, as much as I want to say, well, hopefully the people at Planned Parenthood would say, listen, before you make this big decision, let's look at all your options, which could happen. Hearing your story, Rob, doesn't give me much faith. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, that's where I really tend to fall on that side of the issue, you know, is. No, you have to be a certain age because you're. We're talking about a life. We're not talking about this uh, inconsequential idea. We're talking about a human being that is growing. That is has a heart pumping most likely at this point in the game. That has a brain developing, and we're giving you the option to make that call to say, "Nah, I don't want it anymore. Just take it out of me." Well, what
1: about the other side of it, where you know that 15-year-old is still a child? They can't. They can't lease a car they can't smoke a pack of cigarettes they can't drink but you're going to tell them that hey you, you have to keep this life inside of you and you have to be responsible enough like they can't even I gonna
0: tell them that you, you you're an adult now eat
1: McDonald's, like
0: hey you do adult things you get adult it's it's adult decisions you had sex with someone for whatever reason education mm-hmm. or not you made that call it's a very adult thing to do this is what happens with the listen um, I am as much as I like to think that you know I'm about giving people second chances in grace there's a line you have to say this is an adult thing you're doing. There are real adult – not. I don't use the word consequence because a, a, a breathing baby is never a consequence. But there are adult um, things that or reactions. Yeah, qualifications that could happen with this decision. And when you do, you don't get a get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh, I did an adult thing. I don't want it anymore. I want to go
2: back. You can't. This is the real world where decisions that you make really matter. Right, because there are some crimes that you commit where you will be tried as an adult. Absolutely. Because you, you made a choice that is adult-worthy. Right. One of those is murder, Absolutely. where you will be tried as an adult because of your actions.
0: Right. Could you, imagine some, if some kid killed this whole family, which has happened before, and they go, oh, you know what? Slap on the wrist. We'll just put you back out in the street and just don't do it again. No, you took four lives, or you took the life of someone else. That's a big deal. And whether you want to grow up or not, you made you made that call to grow up, and now you have
2: to. You have to. It's just the way the world works. And Riley, I won't pick on you. But I'm <laughs> gonna ask you a a nice question. Oh boy. <laughs> no, it is. It no, actually that's okay. is. It's it's in line with this. Um so you say, no, there shouldn't be an age limit and you shouldn't have to get parental consent or whatever it is. Um, but you went back and you were talking about education. If there was more education, then there would be less abortions in your mind. Is that correct? Correct. So at this point, although there, ch- this young girl is 14 years old and saying, oh, my parents are going to kill me. No one can know about this. I'm alone in this. With with that law of saying you can't have this abortion unless you have parental consent, would you say that that would increase their their knowledge, as as it were, or that would increase their support that they're going to get? Not in every circumstance. We know not right. every circumstance right. is going to right. do Just it. Just to be clear, but, but as a whole, there would be almost that. I I hate to admit this, but I was watching Grey's Anatomy the other night, (laughs) and there was a 14-year-old girl that was pregnant, Pregnant. and she didn't want her mom to know, and she's like, my mom cannot know about this, Um, but at the end of the episode, the mom didn't say what she thought she was going to say. She actually came in support and was like, I can't believe you've been going through this alone. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Do you think that would be more of the norm, or do you think it would be more of the abnormal?
1: I don't know. I think I think it's like fifty-fifty. To be honest, yeah. obviously, life is not like Grey's Anatomy, as right. much as everyone in the world would like to believe that it is. Right. I think that there's there are a lot of cases where um, you know uh, people are just shocked by their parents, and, and you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I can. My sister might kill me for this, but my sister had an unplanned pregnancy, and she waited so long to tell my parents because she's like my pet she's like oh here's it i screwed up and my parents are going to hate me and they're going to you know think my kid is a, an abomination or whatever and it turns out that my parents were like you know what we love you and and we want to be here for you and whatever you decide like we're we're here for you and there have been a lot of a lot of those situations in my family and like friends that i know that their family ends up being really supportive and then there are a lot of families who have turned their kids away that i like right. on on both sides it's 50-50 and so i think I think that some babies wouldn't be aborted because, because parents are like, you know what, let's, let's go through this. Let's see what our options are. And, you know, we're here to support you. And then there are other parents that are like, well, come on. And they just like walk them right into the clinic and sign right. it off. So I think, I think it would help, but I think that, that it's split 50 50.
0: I just don't understand why the child has to suffer. Like, that's what I don't get. You know, it's the baby. Like, yeah, the baby. Okay. Sorry, to be clear, why the yeah the the fetus or the baby has mm-hmm. to suffer because of someone else's decision. Right. You know, the, the baby had no choice in the matter at all by coming into any kind of whether you want to call it early existence or you know in the process of becoming into existence, there was no choice in the matter for that for that baby.
1: But the baby doesn't know.
0: Right. It doesn't. But I'm so is what, it I, so
1: is it still considered that the baby is quote suffering when the baby doesn't know? Well,
0: I, I mean physically it's been proven that they, that, that they can feel pain as far as their their memory or how that works I have no but idea the baby's not a, you know I, I, well, I, I doubt the baby's thinking you know man oh, I got
1: aborted right, right now so, exactly. right. but
0: I just think about like what is shame that like that that, that that the potential for that child's life got robbed because of someone else's decision like for instance I am really glad that I exist I just am like I'm really grateful that I got to experience this amazing world even in bad times which I've, I've had a good amount of you know and by, by no stretch have I been, I'm still a very privileged person. I live in America, you know, right. but I'm grateful that I've, I lived here and people that I know who have, who have grown up in much worse situations than myself are still grateful that the, that they exist. I'm grateful that I'm here and I, w- I think it would, it would stink to not be able to share in this life. Right. So, and again, I don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole because there's a lot of philosophical implications perhaps, but just for keeping it pretty baseline i just think it stinks that you know that the one who loses out isn't the it's not the kid or it's it's not the teenager it's not the parent it's the child inside that never becomes able to experience this life or also give to society in positive ways mm-hmm. you know i it's like i'll give you an example i think of selena gomez i heard a story about her recently that she grew up with her mom eating mac and cheese out of her car they were homeless for like all these years right and now she, here she is on the other extreme
1: okay that's but, a very but that's a very extreme case but
0: yeah
2: that's a but it's, not a, it's not the normal <laughs>
0: but yeah it is yeah you're right but isn't that exactly what we talk about with like these, these extremes anyway, anyway anyway with abortion like well this is an extreme case that's why we would abort because it's born into poverty yeah but you don't know what's gonna happen in Selena's case she ended up really going to the opposite extreme so all I'm saying is I just think that it's a shame that we make that call instead of letting it kind of happen and see what actually happens that's my only point so in in
2: line with that, Timothy (laughs) Yes Roberto So I understand that in the case of rape A woman doesn't make the choice to get pregnant Yes However she does make a choice And her choice is Am I going to keep this child Or am I going to make this child suffer By your own logic you just stated You shouldn't You shouldn't make the child suffer By your choice I understand she didn't make the choice in getting pregnant but most unplanned pregnancies don't make the choice in getting pregnant. We already established that. Yeah, but they're just so different things. But there's you're still making the choice. The child had nothing to do with the rape. The child had nothing to do with you getting pregnant. It had nothing yep. to do with that circumstance. That's right. So why are you saying, okay, you can't do it in this situation, but in this situation, that's okay.
0: I think the reason why, and it, it could be a logical hole in my own philosophy. I'll be the first to admit that. I just don't – I can't imagine the trauma of rape. Right. So I can't imagine forcing someone to relive nine months of that in their head because of – I almost feel like a woman would see that potentially as like the consequence of something that she did wrong. Like, oh, I shouldn't have walked alone that night. I shouldn't have trusted this person. And now she's living with that for the next nine months. Not her fault at all. Nothing to do with it, but this is like the consequence now of of that choice. Right. I agree. This is where I agree with you. Like I in a perfect world, I would beg her, please not abort the child. I will take it in. We'll find someone to take it in. Please don't. But at the end of the day, if the woman wanted to make that call, I couldn't I would have a hard time telling her to her face, I'm sorry, you just can't do that. Because I'm not the one reliving that trauma. I'm not the one thinking about that visual and that feeling in my head. I mean, think about the. I mean, those implications are huge for women, right? Feeling powerless, feeling like you had no control over what was happening. I just feel like in that case, I would plead. I mean, if I would really be, on, be, probably be on my knees begging her not to abort that child. Like it's definitely that big of a deal. But if she did, I I couldn't say. Well, legally, you shouldn't have be able to have that choice. I just I would feel uncomfortable saying that. It's just not my call. That's how I feel about that personally. Whether it's right or wrong, whether people agree or disagree, that's just my personal view on the mm-hmm. matter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't want, I don't want to repeat myself but I can't imagine
1: that I process. feel the same way that you feel on that but with everything I don't know how how can I say to somebody because I don't you know again I don't agree with abortion but how can I say to somebody who you know let's say they let's say they um had sex, and they were like, ah, oh, whatever, like, and they didn't think about it, and now for the next nine months, they're, like, suffer, they're they're thinking, like, oh my gosh, I made this terrible mistake, and, and you're feeling like you have just ruined your life, or ruined the child's life, or whatever. I, the, how is that? But I, like, I get, obviously, I'm not comparing rape to right. an unplanned pregnancy, but how... Uh,
0: well, you are, kind of.
1: Yes and no, because you're saying you're saying the same thing that I'm agreeing with, but in all or you're saying the same thing that I'm saying, but you're only saying it in one or two That's cases. Right.
0: Because no matter how you slice it, when you have consensual sex, no matter how much protection you use, no matter how much you do your best, you still run the risk of getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you have to in my opinion, you can't just say, Well, you know what's inconvenient for me. Like, no, 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 it wasn't convenient to you when you were with that person that night or that day, it wasn't convenient for you when you when you did A, B, and C, but now because you ran the risk of something that maybe you didn't plan, now it's inconvenient for you, that's not a good enough reason to kill a life. It's, it wasn't, as, again, assuming it's not rape, it wasn't this traumatic experience, you know, And and again, it wasn't necessarily forced you just you made a adult decision it turned out or whatever happened didn't work your way but you still have a child inside of you mm-hmm. i don't think it's a good enough reason to say you know what i think about this right mother teresa's quote she says it's a poverty so a child must die, that a child must die so you may live as you wish and that's what we're getting at it's that attitude of well it's not convenient for my life mm-hmm. well i'm sorry to hear that but even though we're millennials and we think the world revolves around us it doesn't there are other things we have to worry about that don't have anything to do with us mm-hmm. one of them is Getting pregnant. By the way, let me also say really quick, a little disclaimer: If you're a man who gets a, a girl pregnant, you better freaking man up and be a father to that child. <laughs> I mean, there's an equal amount of responsibility on the men's side that we have never even really talked about on this topic for right. sure. And there are men who will pressure the girl into getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Complete bullcrap. And it makes me or so the angry. other way around,
1: or a man who says, "You know what? You better keep this baby because for whatever reason, and you know, she's the one that has to go through." You know, yes, I'm coming from a feminist point of view so i'm just
2: gonna (laughs) oh here we go
1: (laughs) (laughs) but like let's say i have an unplanned pregnancy hey i'm the one that has to carry this baby for the next nine months and i will do my best to support
0: you but i don't want you to give up that child well that's what i'm saying though like that's still partly my kid it took two of us i know you're the one holding it right now but without me that kid never would never be happening right right right. so yeah i would fight for that absolutely i want to i want my son born Mm -hmm. 100 percent. okay what about your
2: daughter Eh, no,
0: I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, it be though. A like, too. <laughs> and listen, there's a huge responsibility on men that, and they get away with a free pass in the society mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, the dad left you? Well, it's just the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. That's right. that's garbage. What a bunch of boys we have raised in our culture for sure. If you can do that with a woman, right? If you can have relations with her like an adult, you better be able to man up for whatever might happen after that.
1: But that's not realistic. To I mean, I hate to say that because I wish that you know. All men would take responsibility and all, okay. Rob, you're a good father, okay? Thank you. (laughs) But in a lot, like in unplanned pregnancy, you know, whatever, it's it's not realistic to say, okay, well, you made this adult decision, so you better man up. And it's not realistic for me to say, hey, chick, you, you got pregnant. (laughs) Hey, women, you just got, you got pregnant. You need to be responsible. You need to save money and, um... You know,
0: well, th- it's, first off, it should be realistic. We should that, that that's a cultural thing. Our culture has let it has let it slip by. No one's right. There's no accountability, or there's not much accountability. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you a great example. I found out uh, what Robert give me a funny face. No, okay. Um, uh, a friend of mine recently, I found out through the grapevine, ended up getting pregnant. I believe the guy left her. And he just gets a free pass. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's gone. Oh, okay, well, I'm raising this child by myself.
1: Cut him down. Right, yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> where are the men in his life saying, yeah. dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Get back with her. And you you got a child to raise. Mm-hmm. This is your new life now. This is it. Like, you're living with this. This is not a consequence. A child is a humongous blessing, so I've been told. Am I right, Rob? You are 100% correct. There we go. So, you know, and again... The issue, I, I don't want to make this a black and white, oh, the law should be no or yes. The bigger issue, bigger than laws, is hearts, right? We all agree on that. You don't change society by laws. You just don't. You right. change it by changing hearts. Mm-hmm. So until people, and specifically I'm calling on the church because we're the ones who, who claim to follow the Son of God and claim to follow the creator of the universe, if we're not stepping up and creating cultures in our local communities that are life-giving, mm-hmm. not life-destroying, then we're equally as guilty, Right. We're equally as guilty. Just because the law says one thing, that doesn't stop Christians from being involved in those lives. There's no law saying as a Christian you can't take the uh, the pregnant uh, single mother um, under your wing and take her into your house. There's no law against that. Mm-hmm. There's no law saying that as a church you can't give your opinion to a woman and offer to help, you, help her raise that child. There's no law against that. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it because we're as a church too self-centered with our life. Mm-hmm. And I some of it is well intentioned. We're just busy. Rob has a kid, you know, he's raising a family. I, I get that part of it, but that should never eclipse our calling of the gospel to be that father to the orphan. I mean, it's a call from from God to be the father to the orphan, to be the mother to the orphan, to take care of the widow, it's or or the single mom. Like this mm-hmm. the widow of our of our time is the single mom.
2: Yeah. Right. It's
0: that that's her. So if we're not helping, if we're not part of the solution, all we're doing is frankly just complaining and crying that Bernie Sanders is too pro-choice and you know good old Donald Trump who was pro-choice but now is pro-life, he's the man for our country because whatever, that's not going to solve anything. Policy is not going to change much of anything unless we really back it up with with heartfelt compassion and love and respect for people. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Like, you know, I don't want to go on a tangent, but we can argue about policy all day. I can give my personal viewpoint, you can give yours, mm-hmm. but if we're not really touching someone like physically like, hey, you know, single mom who's about to have a child, how can we support you? You know, what's going through your head? How can we show you the love of God through this? We're going to miss it every single time.
2: Which as a, as a little sidebar, if you are a single mom or soon to be and you need help, Reach out to us. We will find you the help that you need. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I know people, and, and you know Sarah and I. We want to be in the foster system for that very reason. We want to be a parent to those kids who don't have a good quality of life. Right. Yeah, you know, We want to give them the opportunity to actually be shown like what a healthy family unit can look like. Mm-hmm. That's why we're going. We want to go into foster care when we have our own house in hopefully a year or two. Mm-hmm. So like you have to make that change for sure. But as far as the actual law goes, I really prefer it if it was if it was not. Um, What's a good word I'm looking for? Promoting the idea of, oh yeah, you know, you're not happy with your pregnancy it was unplanned. You can just abort it. I'm not a fan of that policy. I'm never gonna be, regardless of of, of if it's in place or not. I'm never gonna be a fan of that idea. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with part of that or, or what your thoughts are, but that's like where I where I stand.
1: I mean, I definitely I can understand it. I just have a I just have a difficult time with saying, you know all right, you know, I don't agree with this. So this should just, you know, this shouldn't this shouldn't be a thing. But I definitely feel as though there are so many people that are just so against, uh, like, I mean, not even your 95% that are just 100% in all cases totally against abortion. But they're not in any way promoting, <laughs> they're not in any way promoting any other kind of solution. They're just saying, you know what? You're stuck with it. You're stuck with that child. I'm not going to help you in any way. Those are a lot of the same people who don't agree with welfare, that don't agree with the WIC system and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like you're you're you're.
0: Yes, Rob. Something you want to add? No, No, I'm just moderating. And, and,
1: And don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm like, oh yeah, like go welfare. But it's it's an important step for women who can't afford to raise a child, but they want to keep that child or whatever they got to do. It was originally set in place for people who wanted to, you know, have a somewhat decent life for their family and now it's kind of turned into whatever it's turned into. A crutch. That's the word. So... No,
0: I hear you. I mean, my only final thought and we'll we'll get ready to wrap up here is that in this instance, we're talking about a human life. That's That's why I'm so adamant against it because regardless of my personal view, you know... For me, taking of a life is taking of a life. I don't care if it's in the womb, out of the womb, wherever. It's just it's just, it's just a really big deal because there's only one of that particular life. There's only one Riley. Riley. There's only one Rob. There's only one Tim. Thank the Lord, right? Um, but you know, <laughs> we do. So, We all are thinking it. <laughs> so for me, it's just a very big deal because we really are talking about a life made in the image of God. So to me, that's why. That's why, politically speaking, I I almost feel obligated to be a champion for that for that mindset of listen we want to give you every option and make it as difficult as possible to kill someone before we actually make that call certain circumstances must be met before we even entertain that idea because in every other facet of life taking a life is never is never really like on the table no matter how tough things can get you know but anyway i
2: digress so i i guess a final question from me for both of you is is there is there a point where the father of this child should have a say or is it now this is a woman only issue like is a boyfriend enough to have a say is a fiance enough to have a say is a husband enough to have a say where does where does that line come or does it at all in your minds where the man has a say and they need consent from the man or not
0: Um, Off the top of my head, I would say that I think the man should definitely have a say for sure because it took him as well to make the child, Um, however, I know that, see here's the problem, right? I think about the ideal and what I'm used to, then I think about the reality for other people, even if they're in the minority, it's still a reality for some people. and i wonder like how many men are not men who get women pregnant they're just little boys and they have no idea how to react or they just leave and they peace out and then they come back you know demanding certain things so yeah. right. so i think that's going to be i think it's going to be a case by case basis if the man is abusive and in, in, in you know the whole relationship was just terrible and, and physically and, and mentally abusive i don't think he should be allowed to entertain that thought because he'll be a terrible father and who knows what else he will impart to that child you know what i mean mm-hmm. at the same time if it was if it was me and sarah for instance and sarah's like I, you have nothing to do with this child like i'm just taking this over i would be devastated like no that's my kid too i know that you're the one incubating it i get that but incubating. honestly it's still my kid like it's part my kid and, I'm still his. That boy's father. That boy has one father in the entire world. It's me. I want a part of his life.
1: All right, or girl, or girl. He keeps. Just, he keeps. Uh, I'm being general. Do you general. think Tim wants a? Do you think Tim wants a son or a? Right, let try and be
0: more no. politically correct. If I have a boy or a girl, you know this is how <laughs> i You know, but all I'm saying is that I would want to be a big part in that child's life, and I would hope I would have a say somehow, some way.
1: Yeah, I definitely. I hate that I agree with Say you. It. Say it. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I think that it depends on uh, depends on the relationship. Um, I, uh, if it were me, I have a boyfriend. We've been together for you know we've been together for four years. But should that have ever come up? I mean, he respects me enough that he would value my opinion as far as whatever decision I make. But I would hope that you know should. I ever should that ever come up in a hypothetical world whatever that I would also respect his opinion enough that it would just be a two-way street of respect and you would hope that any relationship obviously not a perfect world but you would hope that in any relationship that the that each other that the man and the woman would respect each other enough and value each other's opinions that they would make that decision together
2: so there shouldn't be I think both of you have stated there shouldn't be a law mandating such then Such Such
1: that a man should make should Should have have part
2: should have should need consent. (laughs) Laws are just so sweeping.
0: Laws, I hate laws. They're so black and white, right? Right. So it's like if you make this if you make this generalization, then you can potentially set the woman up for some serious failure and hardship and just dragging things out that maybe should never be dragged out, right? Because. And I'm gonna rag on men for a second. A lot of times, men are really terrible people, and we just do really bad stuff, like get women pregnant and then peace out, or we get women pregnant and we demand that certain things get met, and it, we're just jerks about it. You know, so I would feel like any good man wouldn't need a law to want to be involved with the child. You know what I mean? Like, if I, by and large, if a woman, if a man treats a woman right, usually it's a pretty you know, healthy relationship you know if he respects her and she respects him usually it's pretty consensual and there's no law needed to make that work because they just don't they have a healthy relationship if the guy's a jerk and is really just a terrible person then not having that law in that case could protect the woman and again I'm speaking and just I mean I I don't know of any circumstance and this is way above like what what I'm used to in my world I just don't deal with this issue a whole lot mm-hmm. but off the top of my head that's
2: what I would think so as a feminist <laughs> As a feminista.
1: As, yeah, um, I really don't think that there should be a law in place that says that a man, you know, that you need to have the man's consent because there's no law saying that you know the man has to stick around or there's no there's nothing in place that says that he has to do That's anything. Right. So That's a good wh- point. so why should there be a law in place saying that a woman has to go to her significant other or maybe not the guy who knocked her up, saying you know. You gotta, I gotta get your approval. Like, sign this waiver.
0: That is a good point. If there's no law in place that says if you get a woman pregnant, you have to stick by her for the rest of your life and Mm -hmm. marry her, it's kind of extreme to say, oh, well, you have the decision. You can make this decision though if you wanted Mm -hmm. to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think that's a fair point. So, I'll
2: wrap this up into a previous question um, about parental consent for underage. For an underage minor to have a major surgery in a hospital, they need parental consent. Why then are they able to go and get this major medical procedure, because it is it is pretty significant mm-hmm. when you think about all that's involved right. without parental consent? Riley? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. I just, uh, truly, like, I don't, it's it's hard to, it's really difficult for me to say, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 because I, I've never been in that situation. I've mm-hmm. never even been close to being in that situation. And I don't know how a woman would feel, but I just keep going back to if she's scared enough to talk to her parents about it, that she's like, I need to hide this from them, and this is how, this is the only way out, I just have a really difficult time thinking, like, oh, they have to get parental consent, because you don't know what could happen, I mean, in very extreme cases, like, hey, maybe she's got abusive parents, or maybe, you know, I don't know, I just, it's, it's hard to say, because I've never been in that situation, I would, I would like that there would be, I would think that it would be a good idea, but that could also put that young woman in danger.
0: Hmm. I think if you if you added on parental consent and or uh, pastoral consent, that's a whole different story. Like, if you had to have a person of faith, like, like a pastor or a clergy member, like, endorse that over the parents, like, let's say there was some... You know, you know, in, in the world, there would be a case where this would fit perfectly, you know what I mean? Where it's like parents are really abusive, it's endangering maybe the life of the mother, you know, they will not sign off on that at all. But someone of faith would, you know, like a pastor would say, You know what? I don't know, maybe I'm just I'm brainstorming out loud. Maybe okay, it's a terrible idea. That, that I have no idea. Sound, it's in it's my terrible? opinion,
1: it does sound like a terrible idea oh, because what kind it's of what idea. kind of if you're let's say, you know. Pretty much, we'll say all Christians are pro. I shouldn't say pretty much. A, yeah, large, ma- a large majority of Christians are pro-life. That's so, true. what Christian is going to sign off and say, "Hey, I'm gonna sign off for you to have Rape an abortion or in
0: life, endangering endangering life of the mother"? I think, but not are-
1: everybody agrees with that. So, right. all right, they all got to go to Pastor Tim over I'm here about is that. All i that it
0: gives her another option. If the parental cons- if your parental consent's not an option, it gives well, another adult.
1: What if it's it just gives her an like option a, for another
0: adult to weigh in?
1: What if it's just like um.
0: A guardian. Like, like a guardian. Yeah, a legal like, let's guardian. say, like,
1: I went to my aunt or like my grandmother or like my neighbor down the street who I have tea with. Yeah,
0: but if, but that wouldn't work because there'd be a legal guardian, which right. would mean a lot of paperwork. Need- By the time you get there, you'd probably be giving birth, realistically. It would probably, it's not, you don't go overnight and say, oh, my aunt's my new legal guardian now. It's a long process. So, I don't really know. I just think that, like you said, Rob, if it's a major, in, in, in any other circumstance, you have to be an adult for so many things. To so rent a car, you have to be 25 years old.
1: It's ridiculous. Right?
0: And I get. Again, I think I, I, think I get the, the reason behind it because giving birth is a big deal and there could be abuse in, in, in this situation. And there's really not abuse when it comes to parents signing off on a uh, medical procedure to save the child, you know, mm-hmm. usually. But again, like those are really rarities in that case. Like we're talking about the minority. Right. And so I, I don't know. I just, I still stand by my thought of if you're in a, if you make an adult decision, again, assuming it's not rape, then you make an adult, you know, you live with that adult reaction because of it and you would need a, a parent to sign off on anything else i just i think it just makes the most logical sense i think i've done my duty here i'm
1: surprised that you were you were a really great like mediator rob's a good
0: mediator yeah he he's pretty even keeled
1: so I, it's kind of a shame though that we didn't get more of your more of your thoughts well you're pretty much 100
0: percent, right all the way through pro-life mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, basically. Right. Okay. So there you go. There, there's his view. Yeah.
1: There's his view. That's it. That's all he gets to say about that.
0: <laughs> well, Riley, I appreciate you coming on the show.
1: I'm sorry. Again, we sti- we got a li- I feel like we got a little bit more debate than uh, than in the past.
0: Da- I, yeah, I think it was definitely a more, it just wasn't angry. Like no one yeah, was screaming. Yeah, I, I had to
2: prod a little bit, but. He did it. He
0: did it. It was good. Thanks for coming on, Riley. Yeah, thanks I, for having me. I appreciate me. it. Um yeah, that's this was definitely a good one for sure. I enjoyed it because there's a lot of uh, a lot of good discussion and I think with this topic in particular, a lot of times our society kind of um narrows it down to just like two like either black or white, like either it's this or that, but there's so many other issues tied into it. Parents and how kids are raised and you know, a father sticking around for their kids or all or church communities or whatever it is that can that can fix issues that I think so many people want fixed mm-hmm. that that we know that laws won't always fix, which I think is something that we as Christians have to really ponder because if we're just fighting for laws, I don't know if it's really going to like be this this like this like, you know, saving grace answer like, oh, we finally got Roe v. Wade overturned. Praise the Lord. Now abortion will just stop. You know, it's just not the way it works mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Just like how like more gun laws don't exactly stop shootings, don't know if more abortion laws are necessarily going to stop all the abortions in the world. I'm sure they'll prohibit some for sure, right. but the root issue is that people need love and they need to be I guess accepted and supported Mm -hmm. and just nurtured honestly so hey you can't lull in morality right or love you can't lull that in right it's up to the church and their local communities to be that to be the hands and feet of Jesus to really reach people who are in dire need so anyway
2: so if you think that we missed questions or a topic at this issue that you thought we should have hit reach out to us on our Facebook page we'll post it um. Obviously, since you're listening to it, um, or send us an email podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com dot
0: Yes, thank you, Rob. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Like Rob said, if you have any feedback for us, please let us know. If you like the podcast, please share it. We are trying to get full time, but what next week, Rob? Hopefully. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So without your donation, I put in my two weeks. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> I'm getting married in a few weeks, but uh, you know. I don't. I left my old job, so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks a lot, Riley, again, for hanging out with us. We will talk to you guys soon. Have a great night.